Welcome to the Stetzer Church Leaders Podcast. Conversations with today's top ministry leaders to help you lead better every day. And now, here are your hosts, Ed Stetzer and Daniel Yang. Welcome to the Stetzer Church Leaders Podcast, where we're helping Christian leaders navigate and lead through the cultural issues of our day. My name is Daniel Yang, the director of the Church Multiplication Institute, and today we're talking with Natasha Smith. Natasha is a wife, mother, author, speaker, and podcaster from North Carolina. Her work has appeared on outlets such as Her View from Home, Focus on the Family, and Today Parents. Her new book is Can You Just Sit With Me? Healthy Grieving for the Losses of Life. But before we talk to Natasha, I want to remind you that if you're enjoying our interviews, it would help us if you left us a review, particularly if you're listening on Spotify. Now let's go to Ed Stetzer, Editor-in-Chief of Outreach Magazine and the Dean of the Talbot School of Theology. Okay, super. So, I mean, just such an important conversation we're having today uh, with Natasha. And and often pastors and church leaders really struggle to know how to minister those to those who are walking through grief. So I think it's a very, very timely conversation as well. You might even share it with other people. Well, let's just jump into our conversation with Natasha. Natasha, why did you um, write the book? Because I know it, I mean, it relates to your personal story. Talk to us about where this came from. Thanks so much for that question. I think it stemmed from me not having or feeling like I had a safe place to let my grief out. And so I know I've learned over the years that grief needs a place to go. And um, at the time, I just didn't feel like I had a safe place, even in the church. And so it was really um, hard to kind of navigate that. um, And then 2020 happened. So I had been kind of sitting with this grief for over 30 years and 2020 happened. So during the pandemic time frame, I, um, everything that was kind of going on in the world just reminded me or, or just stirred up in me of feelings that I was already feeling within myself, like the grief that I had been carrying. And so I really just started to write the book at that time. Yeah, I know the first time probably I encountered grief, I was just totally, there wasn't a, in the church I had come to Christ in, yeah. uh, some of the tradition just was like, you know, just trust Jesus and bad things won't happen. And then my... My sister died of a uh, rare form of cancer, but a little over 20 years of age. And and there was not a grief process, certainly grief ministries, and, and everyone was, you know, doing their best. But, you know, people tried to cheer up my my mother. I still remember trying to cheer up my mother, saying things like, you know, well, you know, the the, the Lord knows everything will work together for good. And, yes. and, and, well, again, to the title of the book, people just wouldn't just sit with her in her grief. And as the brother, I shared my own as well. Is I mean, why, why do you think, um, you know, Christians of all people, I mean, we have whole Psalms on lamentation and more, but why do you think Christians of all people struggle with acknowledging and helping people walk through grief? I believe because it's indeed just not a happy topic. And so, yeah. you know, I think we tend to steer towards the the joy that we we feel in Christ and um, the overcoming and the victory we have in Christ, which are all true and wonderful things. And so I think we kind of steer towards those things instead of um, the things that are not so so happy and joyous to talk about, even even the cross, I think about when we think about um, Jesus, we talk we we talk a lot about resurrection, but not a lot about what is, you know, the leading up to the resurrection. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. So, of course, the, the title of the book for those who want to pick it up and want to encourage you to is Can You Just Sit With Me? Healthy Grieving for the Losses of Life. So the, the phrase healthy grieving is, is it, you know, you don't think of those two things together, griefing, grieving, but I mean, they should be, we should be able to grieve 
in healthy ways. There, there are complex ways, but and, and people grieve differently. So talk to me a little bit about why healthy grieving is so important. Yes, um, it kind of the subtitle kind of kind of came about, I believe, just from how I had processed the grief or the lack of processing yeah. it, the stuffing it, the pushing it down, the silence in it, not talking mm-hmm. about it. And those are not healthy. Like we really have to be able to express our grief in some way, shape or form. No two two people will grieve the same, of course. Um, so we'll process things differently. But it's important to um, promote that, you know, it needs to be processed, like yeah. not stuffed and not pushed aside. So um, just creating or just bringing some promotion or awareness to that is a healthy way of of processing processing going through it is is healthy and necessary because right um you know i mean for a lot of people they sort of grieve in different ways i just did Mm -hmm. a memorial service my my stepfather was killed in a uh, in a car accident just about the uh, time of this recording just just weeks ago and went down to the memorial service and it was interesting to me how different my mother was grieving and family were grieving and you know and you i know this i've done funerals as a pastor yeah. but when you know people up front or up close you're like it's just fascinating Fast maybe is the wrong word but because it's, it's both challenging but it, it people just grieve in so many different ways what are some different ways that you've seen people express grief. Yes, absolutely. That's such a great point because it helps us to give grace to to those who may grieve different than we do. Um, so absolutely, you know, you can have the crier. Like they're just there, they get all of their emotions out visibly. Like you see it on their face. The weight of all the grief is is literally just um kind of being expressed openly. So some some grievers are open about their um, expressing their grief. And then some people are stoic. Some people are not criers. Right. And sometimes we can take that as being, well, they must be doing okay. But internally they could be, there could be chaos. There can be really like just um, a lot of emotions going on. But so some people are criers. Some people are just kind of um, reserved and calm Um and some may already have the some tools to be able to write it out, you know, or express it in a different way than we um, visibly see or or notice. And so, just being aware that we don't may not all grieve the same is just a, another way I think that we can show others grace. Yeah, and you know, and I've heard people say, and it's an, it's an interesting thing. You hear people say, as a pastor, or church leader, you know, I grieve in my own way, and often mm. what they're saying is. Um, stuffing it down and not grieving. And sometimes it really is. So it's sort of like, how do you know? And I, and I, I know it's probably different with everybody, but you're the expert. You wrote the book. So how do you know if someone's dismissing their grief or if someone really is just grieving differently? Not everyone breaks down and cries, but they're still grieving through a process. Well, one thing that I, I've um, been really sensing and feeling is like we really have to be discerning. Like we really need to kind of... Um, be prayerful when we talk to grievers and and maybe even and I say discerning and in the sense of I don't want to say pick up picking up on cues but yeah. um what are they saying because at this point we should be like deeply listening like with our heart and our spirit of what are they saying and even you know what are they not saying interesting yeah yeah and I I've always you know I'm I'm not a uh, my wife is uh, all the empathy in our yeah. family is just, you know, the Lord and his goodness. And, and, you know, and so for me, 
sometimes it's hard for me to pick yeah. up on how people are grieving and more. So what advice would you give to, you know, not all of our audiences like me, thank the Lord for that. But for those who maybe don't pick up on those things, what are some telltale signs to help people think uh, through their grief and when they're not grieving well or more? So again, it may be asking the like more leading questions, yeah. like, um, so that you you do have the opportunity to to listen to see what what are they saying so um i mean we you can ask the how are you doing but it has it has to go beyond that so if you, you ask that initial question like how, how are things going because sometimes grievers don't even feel like people care to know how they're really feeling right. Right. so you know so if you ask them how they're doing and they're like fine okay so go a little bit deeper even that within itself help them to know that you you really want to know a little bit more mm -hmm. and i think yeah. that kind of breaks the ice to say somebody actually cares to know what what is going on yeah for me it's it's, it's sometimes i'll ask you know the, the phrase how you doing is an americanism yeah. for you know yeah. what's up you know good to meet you right. kind of stuff yeah. and people don't use that so i i will often just put one word at the end and say how are you doing really and people mm -hmm. then get that you're actually that's good asking the question to to, to lean in on that with them yeah. Again, the book is Can You Just Sit With Me? So let's talk about sit with me. Uh, so much, you know, people have a lot of misconceptions and misunderstandings about um, grief. And then, I mean, a big part of the theme is being with somebody who's grieving. Why, why is that important? How do we do that and more? Mm -hmm. I think about Job and the story of Job. And literally when I was writing the book and doing the research, you know, I most often, you know, thought of Job and his friends um, the part where Job's friends just kept accusing him of like, you must have done something wrong to have all these all these things happen to you. But I skipped over that part where his friends actually did for seven whole days just sat with him. Yeah, yeah. Like they sat with him and, and didn't say anything. It was kind of when they started to talk that things started to kind of unravel <laughs> a bit. But um, and so this idea of sitting with someone is really about presence, like their presence, meaning the world to people, someone who is hurting. Um, and this idea of not like sitting to listen, not to tell your, your loss story right. or, or your grief right. story or what happened to your, you know, pet, you know, whatever, you know? So it's the idea of like deeply listening and not giving advice and try, not trying to fix and we in our culture we have such a hard time doing that like we really do and it's um because we're doers and we're fixers yep. um you know it reminds me even as when i was growing up my mom said don't just stand there do something you know and that's that's kind of like <laughs> yeah. that that yeah. idea like we have to do something i have to make them feel better right now and like you had mentioned like i have to um you know them trying to cheer your mom up you know it's like what can we do to fix this and get them out of this sadness or whatever they're feeling right so it's this idea of sitting yeah yeah but but it, it is not it's not really the way we think and yet, yeah um i mean i guess some people think that way i think i think you know my wife who's you know my hero in so many ways and far more godly and thoughtful than i am would be much more comfortable with that but i i want to help people deal with it i want to help yeah. people say you know here's how you process this but then people go you know all the there's not one way that people seem to grieve and a lot of things we just have often misconceptions and misunderstandings of 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 grief so mm -hmm. help us unpack some of those what are the wrong ways of thinking about grief yes um that is 
not normal. Yeah. Um, cause even the, um, the scripture in Thessalonians to say, you know, we, we're not to grieve, um, like those who have no hope right. that scripture, like I, I literally was standing in, um, like in a circle of believers, Christians, and they were talking about someone who had lost a loved one and only because they were upset about the loss did someone mention that, you know, well, we're not supposed to grieve, like we don't have any hope, but they were literally just crying. Right, right. And so I feel like it's that misconception that some people think because of not being taught or whatever the case may be, that that scripture means to not grieve. Right. But that is not the case. God, he knew that we would grieve. You know, and so he's he's made space for that. So that to me is like really a huge one to know how normal it is, yeah. uh, along with how normal all of the emotions that come with it, the complex emotions that come with it, like the anger, the guilt, the regret, you know, because even when I was experiencing um, some of the onset onsets of some of the losses, I was like, oh, my gosh, I feel like I'm going crazy. But I learned that the all the roller coaster of emotions was normal, but yeah. no one had told me that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I think it's interesting. You know, we live in a time where people I mean, if you go back, like everything before 1900 was kind of terrible. There was no you know, electricity. There was not medicine. There was a people, you know, a lot of children were born. A lot of them, you know, died younger in childbirth. People lived a shorter amount of times, war, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, not everybody's lived in sort of that privileged space. There are, you know, marginalized communities, cultures and contexts where are they are, to use a phrase, that they're more acquainted with grief. but in the West, we're just less acquainted with what was the normal experience of most of the world for most of history. So, you know, when we hear people singing about, you know, when the role is called up yonder, I always mm. find that a fascinating thing. I've, I've seen many a, a young person roll their eyes at when the role is called up yonder. But but if you were singing that song 100 years ago, man, you were just waiting for eternity when things yeah, were made oh right. And so, so I guess the... The question is, it we've kind of denormalized it, but the reality is, I mean, it is still a normal part of it. And the Bible uh, presents grief to us as a normal part. We see it in Jesus' life. So talk to us a little bit about some of the biblical teaching teachings about how the Bible presents grief to us. And and also, you know, what do we learn from grief, uh, when Jesus' engagement with grief that the Bible records? Yes, it's, it's so surprising that um, we don't talk as much about grief, you know, in our churches, because this the Bible is so filled with grief stories. Mm-hmm. And so many of our biblical heroes in the Bible experience great grief. Um, and so we have these stories of, um, you know, uh, Israel grieving over the death of Moses and um even Naomi's story in the Bible, I used to kind of pass over because I'm thinking about Ruth and Ruth's story. Right. But Naomi's story of loss, oh my gosh, she lost her husband, her her two of her sons, and just her sense of identity, um her her home, her, you know, and so those type stories bring um, allow us to to kind of take a look into biblical time frames and give us those biblical examples of how we can grieve while loving Jesus. And then looking at Jesus, he is our ultimate example. Like mm-hmm. he's the ultimate examples. I want to get like, what would Jesus do bracelets again of how to grieve really? Because he mm-hmm. went to during his grief, you know, he went to quiet places. And so to me, it, it says we can we can make space in in um 
make space for grief. So when right. he learned of, you know, um, John the Baptist, when he died, he he got in a boat and he went away for a little while. Right. Um, and then even um, I was thinking about when he went to the Garden of Gethsemane before, you know, before the cross, you know, he's like, can you just sit with me? Can you sit right. with me, right? You know, can you sit with me for a little while? So he, even Jesus is saying, can you just sit with me? <laughs> yeah. And so um, I love you know, to think of that example of how Jesus, you know, he wanted someone to to sit with him, to pray, just pray for a while for him as he was getting getting ready to experience this, yeah. um, this thing, huge thing in his life. Yeah. And yet, yet again, it, it goes back to, you know, 2000 years later, we're still having yeah. grieving people, probably wanting somebody to sit with them. And instead, you know, and again, pastors and church leaders, unsure how their best way to minister to people also also recognizing that you know if you're in a pastoral care situation you might not be able to stay there for six or yeah. seven hours but right. you're part of a team of people that can engage through some of those difficulties just remind everyone the book is can you just sit with me healthy grieving grieving for the losses of life let's talk about how grief impacts our view of god and mm. and maybe even if you could share a little bit of your own story of how you what you learned about god through the grief you experienced yes it's definitely um to me caused i don't want to say information gap but it was like a, a disconnect like what i thought god to be i i was um kind of met with like do you really still think this because of all these things that have happened to you and the losses that you experience so it can bring us to a crisis of faith it can bring us to like really thinking about okay is do you really believe all the things that you believed before? And so it, it does, um, it does bring you to a place where you have to kind of decide, like it's a crosswork crossroads. Am I going to continue to go with God or not? And I, I think of the scripture um, where the disciples are talking to Jesus and he, they, they end up resolving in themselves. Like, where else can I go? If I don't go to you for you, Lord, has have the words to eternal life. Mm. And so that's over the years. That's what I have resolved in my heart. It's like over and over again, I, I take these things to the feet of Jesus and and he helps me through them. And he shows me that he's always been there for me and he has never left my side. And also another verse in Psalms. Think, well, I'm not going to quote it because I'm not sure which which what the, the reference is, but it's like when my soul is in the dumps and this is like the message paraphrase, um, <laughs> I recall everything that I know of you. And right. that's literally what I've done over the years. It's like when I have that question, like, OK, God, are you really who I think you are and who mm -hmm. you say, you know, who you say that you are in the Bible and who I thought you were? And it's like, okay, remember who he is. I mean, his names and what he has done. I've seen him to be healer in my life, comforter, you know, just all the things. And so um, just reminding myself of the character of God and knowing that he does not put, um, you know, grief upon us. So those scriptures, I think that's in like Lamentations 3 and 33. So just being reminded of God's character and doing yeah. even deep dives into just who who is god right and how much he loves and cares for us and he yeah, does, does not, I mean, yeah grief drives us to the to, yeah. it can drive us to the lord or drive us away from the lord for yes, sure yes absolutely yeah. yeah um talk to us about um again the, the book is can you just sit with me but you talk about invisible grief what's that and why does it matter 
Yes. So this is a tough one, I would think, even um, especially in our in our churches, because it's invisible. Right. And so what I've found is um, in my own life is when we don't feel like we have a safe place, we to share our grief again, grief needs a place to go. So when we feel like we don't have a safe place to share, we kind of move inward, meaning we're we're not going to talk about it. Um, and so I feel like when we like for our churches and I'll say for me, so again, I sat with grief for the 30 years, but literally only a couple of years ago at my church, we have, um, when I connected with a few of the different connects group groups there, that's when I started, I felt safe. Like I felt safe and it like surprised me. And I was like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm sharing this. And, and I was just receiving, getting so much healing from mm-hmm. having a safe place to share. And so I think that is so important. I mean, I, I, I say it over and over, like even like a particular connect group at church, I would not even been able to write the book without that connect group. Like being able to just begin to share um, just part of my story. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think ultimately it's part of a lot of people's story, but they don't necessarily acknowledge it. And yeah. so I think part of what the gift of your your book is, is healthy grieving, you know, for the losses of life. We're all going to experience losses. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we seem to work very hard to try to stay away from loss and grief. But I yeah. don't think that's the, the way that the scriptures teach. But anyway, so tell me a little bit, you know, because we're our, it's the Stetzer Church Leaders podcast. And uh, there are certainly some ways, uh, maybe unique challenges that ministry leaders face when it comes to grief. I mean, you're, you're, I know you're we have a mutual friend and your pastor. Um, so, I mean, what advice would you give to the pastors and church leaders who listen about maybe some of the challenges that they'll face and how to help people walk through grief, how to, how to spot, you know, someone who's not, I mean, just think, put, put on that pastor hat for just a minute and help us think about that. Yeah, I think, um, because, you know, at some point we will all grieve, you know, over something or someone. And so I think maybe compassion fatigue for leaders and pastors, because what happens when, you know, someone is walking along and it seemed like really like a long time of grief. And so how do you sit with those? And I think, um, as you kind of mentioned, there's, you know, there, there are a team of people right. that um, can care for the body. Um, and so just thinking through that, because there may be people in the congregation or serving alongside that are experiencing um, just the challenges of grief and to, for our culture or in our cultural norms, it may seem like for too long. Right. And so how do we care for those? So that's, that's one thing that I, that kind of pops to my, comes to mind in thinking about that. Um, and then again, if possible, you know, is, is there a way that we can incorporate more, more topics of grief within the yearly planning of programs and, right. Um, and messages as well. Again, it's not like a woohoo topic, but we're we're all experiencing some level of grief, even if it's like you know a broken relationship with a child or uh, or a child that won't listen. You know, just uh, there's always something that people in 
in the congregation is kind of going through, if it was some way to kind of incorporate um, some type of grief or loss element mm-hmm. into some type of series, like throughout the year. And then again, just having the programs to support people mm-hmm. um, um, throughout the year, whether it is through connect groups or um, I know there's other programs as well that different churches have that um, can have like the overall support and even just a list of resources to make available, you know, if there's um, a trusted list of counselors, therapists, those type of things, um, as well as um, written resources as well. Yeah, it's it's interesting in some cultures um, and, you know, probably not in some majority culture space, but in some cultures, there's actually like teams of people who are sort of like the, and they're called different things in different cultures, but they'll kind of come in and someone there's a loss and they're just kind of they're going to sit with them they're going to go on the journey with them and they sort of know that you know that's the gift in the space that god's called them to and i i i do wonder how and i guess i wonder aloud so that's going to lead to a question to you i do wonder how can if i'm a pastor and a church leader and i and i know that we're going to be grief situations before us what are some ways that i can prepare my congregation to walk with someone going through grieving uh what 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 have you seen um you know what would you recommend that you might help these pastors and church leaders to be ready for the grieving moments that come so i like the idea and i say idea but just um having grace between the griever and the person who's supporting those who are grieving because we won't always get it right so you know we ha- I have the book and, you know, can you just sit with me? But we just having the realization that we won't al- we always get it right. But so um, so just maybe making congregants and leaders aware that, you know, um, just to prepare in preparing for for losses. Um, I know even just more language, maybe language. More language. That's one thing that, yeah, more language around it. That's one thing that just came to mind. Um because there is a lot of well-meaning, um, you know, a lot of well-meaning things that people say that are not helpful and they end up being a little harmful. Mm-hmm. And so even, um, you know, just even, I don't want to say education, but kind of like awareness of, right. you know, some things of, to not say to someone who has just lost, you know, for example, someone who just lost a child said, you don't say at least you have. Right three living kids or it's okay. At least you can try again. You know, it's, you know, it's that you just don't say that and it can be really harmful to, to the griever. So even something as simple as the don't say this, or here's what you can say instead. Right. No, that's good. And I think that kind of preparation and more does, does make sense. And so I, I think that's probably, one that you know and i think again the the can you just sit with me will help with that again healthy grieving for the loss of life let's so, but last question mm-hmm. um you used you talk about being in um a place that's not safe for grieving yeah. um, and again I, I i i get i deeply feel that i i deeply experienced that as a young man that um and maybe maybe it was just because you know maybe i was just young and i didn't i didn't know but there's a sense that it's not okay to just say this is really terrible and I'm really hurting and I'm really grieving 
uh, because that somehow might cause somebody's witness to be diminished. Man, if I'm grieving, what about my neighbors who need Jesus? And, you know, they're, they're seeing me, you know, grieving and they should see me full of joy all the time. And then people say, you know, joy is not, you know, it's not based on your circumstances. It's based on, you know, in Christ. And, yeah. and we just call all these messages that we're supposed to just be happy all the time. Yet, that's not what we see in the Bible. And, and so, so again, how then, how is this church an unsafe place for these kinds of conversations? How do we make it safer? And we'll close with this. Yes. Um, I think just bringing to light more of the biblical examples, you know, the most powerful, you know, two word sentences, Jesus whipped yeah. is so powerful to me. I mean, it's like the first Bible study that I learned as a child and um, but really going into depth of what does that mean for us? You know, we're created in Christ's image or, or Jesus, the image of God. And we so we have that great capacity to feel and express emotion and just knowing that that is OK. And um, and not only did he, you know, he wept, but he had compassion on those and just being wanting to be more like Christ to others. We want to weep with those who weep mourn with those who mourn we want to come alongside um and showing compassion and empathy to just being more like christ and having that concern and care for those around us We've been talking to Natasha Smith. Be sure to check out her book, Can You Just Sit With Me? Healthy Grieving for the Losses of Life. You can learn more about Natasha at imnatashasmith.com. Thanks again for listening to the Sets of Church Leaders podcast. You can find more interviews as well as other great content from ministry leaders at churchleaders.com slash podcast. And again, if you found our conversation today helpful, we'd love for you to take a few moments to leave us a review that help other ministry leaders find us and benefit from our content. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in the next episode. You've been listening to the Stetzer Church Leaders Podcast. For more great interviews, as well as articles, videos, and free resources, visit our website at churchleaders.com. Thanks for listening.